the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The marks of a healthy church, taken from Revelation chapters 2 and 3. That is coming up next, right here on today's broadcast of Truth For Today. Hi there, and welcome to our weekend edition of Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard from Valley Bible Church right here in Hercules. Today we continue our series called Why Church? We're focusing in on the marks of a healthy church as recorded for us by John here in Revelation chapters 2 and 3. There are the seven letters to the seven churches. And within these letters, we have some do's and don'ts for a church. And those do's and don'ts reflect a healthy church or a sickly one. Join us for more. Here's Pastor Phil with today's broadcast of Truth For Today. He goes out to Laodicea, and he critiques Laodicea, and I find this the hardest church to figure out. Look at verse 15. I know your works. You are neither cold nor hot. And I just ask, ask, well, what in the world are you talking about? I want my coffee hot. I don't like it cold. So, are we talking about coffee? What? It's a metaphor. What does it mean? We'll guess after a while. Would that you were either cold or hot. That's what scares you. You would either them be cold or hot. Hmm. Whatever cold means. Hmm. It's hard to think of Jesus saying, I wish you were one or the other. So because you are lukewarm... Lord. And neither hot nor cold, I'm going to spit you out of my mouth. In other words, basically, you give me indigestion, I want to vomit you out. For you say, I am rich, I have prospered, and I need nothing. Ah, that's a clue of the lukewarm. I don't need a thing. Not realizing you are wretched, pitiable, poor. Blind and naked. Now they didn't know any of this. I counsel you to buy from me gold refined by fire. So that you may be rich in white garments. So that you may clothe yourself. And the shame of your nakedness may not be seen. And salve to anoint your eyes. So that you may see. There's all kinds of uh, different speculations, and I'm sincere when I say I find it very difficult to interpret. Uh, Is that uh, some have used the analogy, they did have a water issue there. The water that came from Hierapolis, which was in the same vicinity, we'd say the same county, uh, as the Church of Laodicea, the water from Hierapolis was hot, Boiling springs had medicinal value and it was a valuable resource. 
They had another source of water that came out of Colossae. That was cold water and in a culture without ice and a culture that it's anything cold would be refreshing. And so there was two water sources and some, okay, that's a historical kind of a background. But what is he saying? And, and here's the tension. I wish uh, you were cold or hot. So, I think most scholars are inclined to make cold that you are not saved. That's what Robert Thomas says. I wish that you were either unsaved or fervently saved. I wish you one or the other. And, and it, it's tough to see that. Okay, now we're going to get a third category. But you, you're neither that. And so the cold, that would be you're unsaved. You need to be evangelized. You need to come to Christ. You need to, if that's true, if that's exactly what it means. And the word hot was used of being zealous, uh, be boiling for the Lord. It's used that way. He warns in Matthew 24, be careful lest you become cold. So it's used negatively. Always negative state. You ought to be boiling towards God. Don't be cold. Don't give me a cold shoulder. So what is it? Then we come over here to mediocre, lukewarm. And at least he defines what the lukewarm looked like. There are people who think they're well that aren't. They think they're rich, but they're not. They think they're, um, they can see, but they can't. And they're telling Jesus, thanks, but no thanks. I don't need anything. So they don't, uh, they're not poor in spirit. Because it sounds to me like they're a very prosperous group materially. Uh, they're doing good. It's like in evangelism, many critics of Christianity say, you're only good for poor people. If you've got a job and you've got a good car, you don't need Christianity. And that's why so many say, that's why you go to India. There's so many poor people. It's not a rich man's faith. Well, it is true that not many rich are saved. Jesus said that. But what's impossible with men is possible with God. So, mediocre or lukewarm is a condition that sickens Christ and is that I'm going to spew you out. So, uh, between being cold and be, being lukewarm, it sounds like the majority of this church is maybe unsaved people who feel no need of God and are saying they are saved. What is it that is making Christ sick of them? So it's tough to, to unpackage the metaphor. I wish you were burning for me. And if you're not burning for me, I, I could be just as happy with you being cold and indifferent toward me. I can't stand the hypocritical, compliant, satisfied, unsaved people who are acting pious on Sunday and saying all is well. When they're really blind, they're really naked, they're really spiritually poor in my sight, but they don't know it. 
They don't admit it. They've talked themselves, and this is what Christianity is. You don't need to have a burn. That's only the radicals. If you've ever read the life of William Wilberforce when he's fighting slavery, Wilberforce had family members that had become Methodists. And when he was going to run for parliament, he was warned, you can't run with the Methodists. They are called the enthusiasts. And the Anglican church cannot stand enthusiasm. And they were called that, the enthusiasts. See, I grew up with that as a Pentecostal boy. What we lacked in knowledge, we made up for in enthusiasm. We did. And I don't need any of you telling me what I was and what I wasn't and everything wrong with them. I wish the conservatives could get some enthusiasm. Some fervor. Some burn with everything they say they believe. You believe ten times more than what I ever believed and you're half dead many times. Truth is not on fire, doesn't get out of town. You got anything that burns? Anything you can't be quiet about? Anything you can't stay home about, I gotta tell somebody, I gotta share, I gotta serve, I gotta praise him, I can't be silent, I'm not letting the rocks take over. Where do you get that? The Holy Spirit is the source of the energy. Don't blame it on him. But you might not have it. The reason you don't show it, you don't have it. And you won't admit it because you say, I'm in good standing. I'm just as good a Christian as anybody else. Oh, are you? Jesus said, I'm x-raying people that go to that church. They're blind in my sight. They're poor in my sight. But they keep telling me, thanks, Jesus. Give it to somebody that needs it. I don't need it. So, now lukewarm. He's going to spew them out of his mouth. And uh, it scares you. It scares you. Because it might be us. It might be you. He uh, makes recommendations. And he commands. They're very simple. The leading word in every church that's out of adjustment. He says repent. Repent. Change your mind. Change the direction you're going. Repent. Turn around. Turn around. Go the right direction. Turn away from this. Go the right direction. Change your mind. So the Spirit of God will have to convince you that you are in need. That you do have a... uh, Let's take number one. Let's just ask this question. Uh, Are you a hard worker? But you may have lost your first love. And the word there is not lost. It's leave. You left it. It's not you lost it. You left your first love. Um, Is that possible? Can you be an active church worker that simply does not love Christ like you did when you were first saved? Uh, how, how do I get back, Lord? I, I'm backslid. I looked up the word backslide. I, I grew up with that word, but since we've been in Valley, we never used backslide. You read Jeremiah 2, 3, uh, chapter 31. Read Hosea 11. 
And backsliding was the term he used of Israel when they went to idols and, and they went away. And backsliding, if you've ever been around livestock and you're trying to get them down the chute, that animal could be stubborn and hold back. I watched my uncle taking a bunch of hogs to market and he let them grow wild in this government land. By the time they took them, they were not domesticated animals. They had grown their horns. Every, they used clubs. It was the Humane society wouldn't want to be there. Because, man, they were stubborn. They'd pull back. I jumped out of the corral because it became dangerous. Those hoofs, they were charging us. And I'm a 80-pound boy. Man, I'm jumping out. I'm getting out of that chute. And God keeps saying, come to me. Repent. No, I will not. I will not. I'm stubborn. I'm going to have my way. I'm okay. Leave me alone. No preacher is going to get me to repent. Not even the head of the church. I refuse. I'm going to stay right in the place I am. And he said, that word for uh, you've left your first love. That word first was translated in Luke 15. Bring out the best robe. You've left the best love. And what gets me you ask where do people go usually? Well they'll go to sports you know 49ers we can't expect faithful attendance during the football season. They say now faithful attender in church in America is twice a month. Anybody grow up where you went every Sunday? Anybody dare to ever go to evening service? Did God give you enough strength to hold a job? That way, I can't hear you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And as Pentecostals in those days, we went late. But my brother and I used to go to St. John's on 14th Street in Oakland because we went and heard St. John's Black Choir, and I'd be there till 11. And then E. e. Cleveland came on on Alcatraz Street. We drive over and hear him. We couldn't get enough. But now, folks, they've become weary of serving God. Hey, you haven't even served him. You're just driving to church three blocks. <laughs> We're going to start putting B12 in the baptistry. <laughs> just drink it as we put you under. Y'all think about black brothers and sisters, how long? I've been at black funerals for three and a half hours. Any of you ever been there? Come on, you brothers. Three and a half. God must have made black folks different white folks. We can only take it about an hour. It's amazing how much energy God can give you if you're burning. It ain't the body, it's the thirst. Can't get enough. Now we got so much, every one of our homes entertainment centers. When I grew up, we hadn't even got TV yet. We had to go to church. That's the only place you could hear live music. <laughs> but I'm saying what happens, we leave first love. I used to have a, I had a reputation of being a praying man. But that's a reputation if I'm not doing it now. I, I used to have a reputation for having a zeal to win the loss. But that's my reputation. It's not my present practice. I've outgrown all that stuff. I've gotten matured. No, you've gotten calcified. You're not mature. Because you've substituted knowledge for practice. I know a lot, so what? 
The devil does too. I think the devil can pass any doctrinal exam you can pass. It's convicting. I stayed so convicted trying to write these notes. I just asked God, I hope you can help me repent like I ought to repent. Because it scares me. Who said a preacher can't backslide? Uh, he warns Pergamum, you've got to get rid of these false teachers. But once again, his word was repent, repent, repent. He told uh, Ephesus, remember where you've left off. Repent and do your first works over again. Remember. Remember how Andre Crouch wrote that song, Take Me Back. Take me back to the place where I first met you. Sometimes you need to rehearse where you've come from. How far has he brought you? Some of you need to remember how desperately dark it was when you came to Jesus. And now you substituted schedules, hobbies, sports, money, this and that. You know what? We used to sing a lot about heaven because we didn't have any 403Bs or 401Ks. Everything was in ahead of us because we were all poor folks. Now we got the money, we got the insurance, we got the cars, we got the this, we got that. And folks are going to church less than ever. You know, uh, what does it take to get your attention? Some of you have been intending to do the right, but you haven't. So what is he saying? I'm checking your health. I'm putting the thermometer in. I'm putting the stethoscope. First of all, i got a church that does not love me. I've got one that is making me sick because of their attitude. And he ends finally there in Revelation 3. And I thank Evan for giving me a, a good word here where he says, verse 19, Those whom I love, I reprove and discipline. So be zealous, and our word, that word zealous, be hot, be passionate, and repent. Once again, repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. And in the first service, I made that solely the church, but after his insight that helped me, if anyone hears my voice, he now goes to personal invitation. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door and I'm, I'm trading back, it has to be their will, their heart. Christ is the door. Now he says you're the owner of a door. It must be your will. Must be. You know, C.S. Lewis had a famous line that the door to hell was locked from the inside. Men go to hell because they keep their heart's door locked. It's locked from the inside. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door. Look at the picture. The famous picture. Christ at the door. And, and, And he doesn't say a sovereign God will kick in the door. By George, I'm God, I'm sovereign, I'm a Calvinist, I'm coming in. He didn't say that. He appeals to you. He's not a rapist. 
He will not force himself on even his bride. I'm waiting for you to want me to come in. When will you open the door to your life, to your future, to your poverty, to your blindness, to your wrong view of where you really are, and let Christ come in and notice what he said he would do when he comes in. He said, if you'll let me come in, I'm going to cook a meal for you so your spiritual starvation ends. Listen. Listen, I will come into him and eat with him. Well, who's going to supply the food? The one coming in, not us. We're in poverty. We don't have anything to feed him. He's the bread. He's the water. Let him come in. And eating in the Orient was fellowship and friendship. You didn't eat with enemies. And he with me. Christ makes an appeal to every one of us. If you'll let me come in, I could turn up the temperature in your soul. If you'll let me come in, I can restore the first love. It's a pitiful thing. You could be married to a woman you don't love like you did when you married her. So you start hearing songs like faded love. Or if you want to stay in BB's, the thrill is gone. That could be the description of your Christian life. The thrill is gone. What happened to the thrill? Usually what really can chill a marriage is for you to get a third party that looks prettier. And that's what Israel did. She always went playing with another woman. And God didn't look good enough. And he said, why are you playing the prostitute? But he said, you're worse than a prostitute, Israel. You don't even charge for your favors. You give yourself to anything but me. Let me ask you this. Uh, What's your spiritual health like? Uh, As he goes, can he say you're a hard worker? Are you a patient worker? Uh, Are you enduring the trials and the tests God's put in your life? Uh, What's God doing through you? Praise God, these churches were doing some things right. And then they had some conditions. First love, tolerating evil, the Balaamites, the Nicolaitans. Had to take care of that. Their temperature, it was full of a church that uh, acted like they were saved, but they weren't. But in the meantime, they'd say, I'm in excellent health. And he'd say, you're dying of spiritual cancer. Because you don't know the state of your heart. Then what does he say? If you'll open the door, I'll come in. I'll do heart surgery. And by the way, I'll supply a meal that will make you abound. Open your heart's door to a living Christ. And church can become exciting again. And we can get healthy. And this is Truth For Today, the radio ministry of Valley Bible Church here in Hercules, and our teacher and pastor, Pastor Phil Howard.
Thank you for spending time with us today. As always, it is a pleasure and a delight studying God's Word with you that we might mutually grow in our love and admiration for our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. If you have questions about today's program, maybe you have a question about your own walk or relationship with the Lord, we would love to talk with you. No strings attached. Give us a call, and we'd be more than happy to answer any questions we can or pray with you. Our phone number is 855-833-9864. Again, you can reach us at 855-833-9864. If you would rather write to us, here's our address, 1511 M. Sycamore Avenue, Suite 278. We're here in Hercules, the zip code 94547. And again, even if it's a simple thank you for the broadcast, we'd love to hear from you. It's always a delight knowing that these programs are being used by the Lord for your growth in Christ. So again, you can reach us by phone, by mail, Or, better yet, stop by our website and drop us an email. Let us know you paid us a visit. You can find us at truthfortodayradio.org. That's truthfortodayradio.org. As you stop by, don't forget to drop us an email and take advantage of the many resource materials we have available for your growth in Christ. Again, it's all there at truthfortodayradio.org. And then if you would like to join us here at Valley Bible Church for worship, Sunday services are at 9 and 11, and directions can be found at our website, truthfortodayradio.org, or by calling 855-833-9864. Oh, and by the way, as you support this ministry financially, in fact, for a gift of $10 or more, we'll send you a copy of Pastor Phil's book, What in the World is Going to Happen? An amazing look at end times from a biblical perspective. Again, what in the world is going to happen? A book by Pastor Phil Howard is yours for a donation of $10 or more as you support this ministry. So contact us today at 855-833-9864 or stop by truthfortodayradio.org. And then come back and join us next time for another broadcast of Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.